Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there. See you, Najad. See you. Welcome in. Are you ready to preview some DFS action? I am. And I know this is a DFS show, but actually had a narrative for for the playoffs thing, which Greg says really amazingly. But we have so many this week and we'll do it at the end of the show. I'm going to table mine. Maybe I'll, I'll preview it uh, next week. Mm, interesting. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, welcome. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sia, by the way, I love the long tees. I think that's just phenomenal work. So, um, yeah, I'm all about it. Looking forward to next week already, but this week, I mean, this is a great, this is a great tournament. And I just want to say, I am sure that we'll talk about it at some point, but when you're, when you're doing your research for this, make sure you use course history, not tournament history. Cause this one, it can get rather <sighs> confusing. It can. We'll cover that in just a second. But before I confuse anyone with that information, here is some very valuable information. The fan one and done vote is now open. The link that you need is in the description. The fans have closed the gap. There's only a one and a half million dollar lead down from like $3.2 million two weeks ago between the fans in second place and Mark in first. So take a moment, go down there and get your votes in because when we go live on Tuesday for the mega preview pod, that is the deadline. See ya. Uh, I was kind of like two weeks ago, I was like, oh, it's only three and a half million dollars. And I was kind of trying to will this into action. Uh, and we are, we're, we're closing the gap here. Or at least the fans are. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not either. <laughs> Although, I mean, I, I've got a, I've got a chance to, to crawl out of last place. Unfortunately, Kyle Porter had a nice pick last week. So he has distanced himself from the 6,000 to more like 600,000 from me. But listen, there's, there's a lot of room with these three events left and the purses that are involved. There's a lot of, mo- there's a lot of room to maneuver here. For sure. 2.7 million to first this week, 2.7 million to first next week. And then the way that we do our one and done 5.4 million to first at the tour championship, Greg, that is a lot of digital cash. We don't actually get the money. I don't know if people realize that. No. And that may be the biggest uh, disappointment of the whole thing. Cause I'd be, I'd be thrilled with my position if we were getting the cash, but um, I'm a little worried about this. I'm not going to lie. I've uh, I, you know, I'm going through the guys I like here this week and I'm saying, yeah, I, well, I used him and wanted done. I used him and what I used him. Yep. Uh, used him. And I don't know where 
I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going to do for the tour championship. I, I'm going to need like JT Poston to play his way into the tour championship. Like that's my path to having someone available in the tour championship. <laughs> can, can I ask something? I don't want to go down too far down a rabbit hole here, but at the, the, the tour championship, is it the shadow leaderboard or is it the winner of the FedEx Cup playoffs? Uh, that gets I think that one? I've no, it's a good question. I, well, I think we play shadow leaderboard, don't we? Greg? Yeah, I believe we I did would think so. Year. Because if not, I would have saved Scotty Scheffler. I used Scotty Scheffler like a month ago. Right. And if I had known that, obviously, I probably should have saved him anyway. But Which the is, point is, that's what we're trying to defend against is that, like, you don't just get to play the three guys that are going to, you know, really make make the difference. I think we do shadow. Right. League. Try to open it up to all 30 players. Right. Hopefully you have one. <laughs> right. Well, TBD <laughs> on that. Uh, Producer Troy, if you could share my screen, that'd be great. There we go. That's my website, rickrungood.com. And Greg, uh, you were alluding to this a little bit. We're looking at the golf course because the event has been all over the place. TPC Southwind, the course, has been a staple on the PGA Tour schedule, but it's kind of dependent on what event we've been playing. So we played the FedEx St. Jude Classic for decades. That was just a regular PGA Tour event. And then a handful of years ago, they elevated that to one of the WGCs, the Invitational. So it was the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. And then this is the first year, now that they've gotten basically gotten rid of the WGCs that this event is a playoff event. So we've got the course history. The event history is a little bit wonkier because sometimes it was a short field. Sometimes it was a full field. This one's like a medium field. It's kind of hard to parse through. Yes. Uh, and you're talking about the event that used to always be at Bridgestone when you're talking about the WGC. Right. So that history only goes back three years. Um, you're talking about a, you know, and, and this is a very interesting thing when I look at this model, Rick. Um, it, the data goes back, I assume, a, a lot, quite a ways. Yeah, so like whatever whatever is available. So whatever that right. is, 12 or 15 years or something, yeah. And and I'm very curious to see how it changes. Because um, since it went to the WGC, you got much stronger fields in that event. Mm-hmm. And you started to see, it, like it was always a accuracy is king kind of a place you have to get it in play there's penalty areas everywhere that you have to avoid and the guys that were really accurate daniel Berger is one of them you had a fabian gomez win um, i mean even last year you had abraham answer who is definitely more accurate than he is long win but when it became a wgc you add into the mix the brooks kepka the justin thomas the dustin johnson kind of winners who are a little longer and a little less accurate. So, I, I mean, for me this week, one of the biggest things that I'm looking at, and I think it's really important, is that uh, is that approach play. Yeah. I think iron play is the one thing that no matter no matter what the field looked like, iron play seems to be really important. And I'm going to be focusing a lot of my attention on that this week. Yeah, as will I. I think this is kind of a pure ball strikers paradise, Sia, not only from the second shot, the approach play, but there are penalties out there um, in terms of, the, like, if you're playing out of the rough, it's one of the kind of biggest dif- differences between the score you can make out of the fairway and the score that you can make out of the rough. It's kind of hard to predict this. Uh, sometimes you can catch, like, a little bit of a flyer. Sometimes it comes out dead. So those guys who are long straight and can hit their irons and wedges very well like that that's where i'm headed this week 
That's where I'm headed too. I mean, honestly, I'm not suggesting they're the same courses, but there is some overlap with, at least with what I was looking into last week. I definitely want guys who are going to be playing out of the fairway who have good approach and the putter, maybe a touch less of an emphasis this week versus let's say last week or the last few weeks. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I need to elaborate much on that. It's definitely a a ball strikers course and and I'm definitely preferring guys who, if they're short, that's okay. I'd rather them be in the fairway than long and in the rough. Uh, Let's get a hair nerdy here, Greg. Um, The Memphis area has received about five inches less rain than expected this summer. So it's been much drier. That obviously can create more firm, more fast conditions. They redid the Zoysia fairways in most of the holes. There are still five holes that have the old stuff, which is quite soft, and the new stuff is quite firm. So there's going to be this kind of little battle that these guys are um, dealing with almost hole by hole on that that. Uh, ground impact, that club impact that we often hear about. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, I with with these guys at this level, I worry about it a little less. If you're talking about guys who are great iron players, um, you're talking about ball first contact. But the thing about the rain is really interesting because um, when this when these greens get firm and fast, they become a lot harder to hit. And uh, the fairways will become harder to hit, uh, at least, you know, some uh, a number of them. And that really increases the challenge. It's not a long golf course. So it, you see there um, par 70, under 7,300 yards. It's not overly long, but um, it, it will create a real test of precision. And when the golf course gets firm, those penalty areas start coming into play even quicker. I mean, there are some water areas over greens which is where, uh, I mean, all of a sudden you can get into some real trouble and they're not, a, they're not overly receptive greens as it is. So you have to be really precise with the ball striking. The only thing that I wonder that that news firm and fast, does it put a little more emphasis on short game, which is not really something I was looking into a ton heading in. I'm still leaning towards iron play, but I'm wondering how that's going to play out if it if it does give it a slight advantage to some guys who scramble really well okay well um i want to jump into this player field 124 now nate lashley uh withdrew toe injury so we'll talk about the 124 who are still very much in this field but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
And we're back. Here's the cheat sheet. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven golfers in the $10,000 range. See, that feels like one of the larger $10,000 ranges we've seen in quite some time with Rory McIlroy leading the way at $11,000. Even Scotty Scheffler at 10.8. Xander Shoffley, 10.6. Cam Smith, 10.5. Then we round it out with Patrick Cantlay at 10.3. Justin Thomas at 10.2. And John Rahm. The seventh most expensive golfer at an even $10,000. Interesting how things change with John Rahm at the bottom of this mm-hmm. range. He is, unfortunately, that's going to be one of the two guys I'm just going to X out right away. And honestly, I'm, I don't have anything against John Rahm or Cameron Smith. Uh, I understand how good and talented they are. Those are the two guys I'm not parsing among. For me, obviously, Rory, that leaves Rory, Scotty, Xander, Patrick Cantley, and Justin Thomas. Of those five, I think the two I like the best are at the top, Rory and Scotty. And frankly, the third place guy is probably the next guy down there is Xander Shoffley. But I obviously love how Rory's been playing. Um, T to green, he's only down last 24 rounds to Tony Finau. But if you look at the weighted T to green, and this is not a big difference, but I just want to point it out because you can find it on your website, uh, rickrungood.com. If you look at the weighted T to green last 24 rounds, Roy race out number one. And I believe Tony Finau is number two there. So I just love how Roy's playing. I love how he's contending in, in most of the tournaments that he's been playing. I think he's playing the best of anybody in this field. That includes Tony Finau. And uh yeah, I'm I'm that that's that's where I'm hitching my wagon for sure in this top range. Scotty is a different conversation. He hasn't been quite as good, although the ball striking has been okay. He hasn't been quite as good, and that's more of a putter thing. And we'll just see if that rebounds. I'm willing to gamble on his upside at this price. Yeah, unfortunately, you have to like kind of start splitting hairs with the guys at the top of the board. The only knock against Scotty Scheffler is that he's not putting as well as he was putting. That has not stopped him from piling up top 15 finishes, including a couple of runner-ups during that quote-unquote putting slump. Um, Rory McIlroy is seemingly firing on all cylinders. I tweeted this out a little bit earlier. He's gained 98 strokes to the field in his last eight. It's like an unbelievably historic rate. And Greg, I you know, wonder if he's going to be able to keep it going at a place that he's generally played very well at. Yes. Um, and again, you look at Rory's all around game and it is the it is the best in the field. I mean, this is not only is he the best in the last 24 tee to green, but he's having his best putting year uh, as a whole of his career. I mean, he's a top 10 putter on the PGA Tour this year. You could make a very strong argument that Rory McIlroy is the best player in the world right now. Um, he just he doesn't have the accumulated wins of a Scotty Scheffler. And so I understand why the ranking is the way it is, but uh, I'm looking at Rory's game as the strongest game of anybody. And we know what he does this time of year. He has a tendency come playoff time to really stand out. So look, Rory belongs at the top of this list Uh, and, and I wouldn't be afraid to play him. I think 11,000 is a very fair price and I feel the most confident in him. I do really like Scotty Scheffler's game as well. Um, just like you guys. There's so much to like about him. And the thing about his putting performance is two of those events, two of those recent events are in Scotland, right? Very different green complexes. And I know he was struggling a little bit before that, really ever since the the Masters, you could say. I mean, he's only gained strokes in two events since the Masters on the greens. But a little bit of time off since the Open Championship, I think could go a long way for that. Um, and, and I think Scotty Scheffler is a really good driver of the ball. Uh, his iron play has been really good all year long. And I, I think, I mean, look at it. It's every event for 
what, what are we talking about here? Every event since the Players Championship, he's gained strokes approaching the green. Um, and basically the same stretch with one exception. He lost strokes off the tee at the PGA. Every other event, he's been in the same category. He's a really straight driver of the ball considering all of his distance. And I have to think that's going to be a big advantage for him this week. And if you do go to the uh, the short game, if you do think short game is going to start to come into play here on these firmer greens this week, um, well, I feel really good about Scotty Scheffler in that kind of a, a ball game as well. So those two guys are definitely the the best options up here. Okay, um, let's, let's keep digging yeah. though. What else we got, Greg? Yeah. All right, so to keep going, because I think we're all in agreement, the top two, there's nothing wrong with them. Um, now, Cam Smith is really hard for me to ignore in this range. Um, one, I, I think he's still really hungry. Um, there's there's a lot to chase. And some of the rumors I've heard, he says, hey, I, I, wh- you know, where are you going to be next? He was asked that after the Open Championship, and he said, um, I'll see you in the playoffs. I have, I have another trophy to win. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if he won here. You know the importance on iron play. Uh, he's the third best iron player on the PGA Tour this year. Uh, he's coming off a win. I typically don't like that, but he's also had a little bit of time off. We've put that to bed, Greg. These guys, are, bed, these guys are winning back to back and defending and yeah. doing it all. <laughs> um, putting's really important in your model, Rick. He's a great putter. I worry about his driving accuracy. But I think when the golf course gets firmer and faster, that that can that disadvantage for him can be reduced. So I, I think um, and, and again, with with all the live rumors that surround him, I wonder if that's going to push some people away from him. People kind of look at him a little bit different and wonder if that's going to have an effect. I, I don't think it should. I think you should eliminate that bias from your DFS predictions for this week because he's shown you know, there's, there's just no effect, um, on that. If those rumors are true, if they're not, it, it doesn't seem to matter to his performance right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think Cam Smith's really hard to ignore here. Finished fifth here in 2021, 12th in 2019, he finished 59th in 2020. Remember that was the no cut WGC version of this event. So 59th out of like 77, 78. Um, Sia, you mentioned kind of Xander Shoffley, I think being kind of your third, your third man in here after Rory and, and Scotty. Yeah, I like Xander. I mean, honestly, Xander and JT, I could probably make an equal argument for both of them uh, with Cantlay not too far behind. But yeah, I mean, hard hard to deny Xander, especially when you look at the ball striking. I mean, we're looking at it here on YouTube. It's been immaculate. And oh, by the way, the short game has been really good too, including the putter. He's been a little out of sight, out of mind, uh, uh, along with a few of these guys because he hasn't played since the Open Championship. But he's one of those guys that I wonder how ownership's going to be in this 10K range. I think it's going to be relatively flat across like three or four guys, and then there'll be a dip to that sort of second tier of, of rostered golfer. But I think Xander is uh, still a pretty tremendous value at 10,600. Again, it's so hard to eradicate anybody from this range, which is why I started by saying, listen, I'm just not going to take Cameron Smith and John Rahm. That's just a decision I'm making. Now I need to parse through the other five, which is still a lot of golfers. So for me, it's Rory and Scotty, but honestly, Xander and, and JT and Cantley aren't that far behind. 
Yeah. Can't play them all, unfortunately. You'll run out of money very, very quickly. Let's try the $9,000 range here because these are good golfers too. Matt Fitzpatrick, 9800 Tony Finau, criminally priced at 9700 Will Zalatoris, 95 Cam Young, 93 and Oh, sorry. Jordan Spieth at 91 Almost forgot. Victor Hovland, flat $9,000, Greg. This is where things start to get really, really interesting. Yes, very interesting. Um, so I'll start with right at the top, Matt Fitzpatrick. He's my favorite play in this range. Definitely top two if he's not my favorite. And part of the reason is the accuracy that he's shown off the tee. Um, the the ball striking has been great. The putting has been great. I mean, his game has been great. We all know that. But I think his driving accuracy could be a real separator for him this week. Um, and, and he could be the guy that's not quite as long as everybody above him, but he has the ability to put it in play. And if you're thinking about what Sia was saying earlier, I'd rather guys be in the fairway uh, and short than long and in the rough. He's your prime example. Um, again, if it's firm and fast, it's going to be a tough setup and you're not going to see extremely low scores. And Matt Fitzpatrick has a tendency of really succeeding in that. You can also see, I mean, that's his, it's his best putting surface. Bermuda. I was going to say um, that, yeah. Which, which is kind of rare. I, I don't think there's anybody else above him where Bermuda is their best putting surface. So, yeah, I'm I'm quite high on Fitzy this week. Okay, Fitzpatrick off the top here, Sia. What is your preference in the nine thousand dollar range? Yeah, there's there's a couple guys that really stick out from a pricing standpoint. I, I would go with Tony Finau at 9,700. He's obviously going to be really popular, though. I believe his history isn't spectacular here, but the way he's striking it, I'm not really worried about that at all. I think 9,700 is obviously a great value considering how he's played. Finau and and look at the ball striking here. I mean, as of late, it's it's really incredible. And and again, the short game is incredible too. He's uh, he's firing on all cylinders. Will Zalatoris would be the other guy. I think both of those guys are going to be relatively high owned, both Tony Finau and Will Zalatoris. I think everybody else in the 9K range is going to be not contrarian, but much less rostered than these guys. That's just a guess on my part. Finau for sure. Zalatoris, I'm speculating a bit, but we know Zalatoris' game, the ball striking when the field gets hot and when the the conditions get a little tougher. He usually rises to the occasion, but he hasn't been that bad lately on the easier courses, T21, T20, T28, his last three. Um, I think this is probably the time for him to step up a little bit. I like Finau better than him, uh, but I'm willing to also make contrarian plays on guys like Jordan Spieth. I don't think he's going to be fully contrarian. I just say contrarian relative to guys like Tony Finau. So I think Spieth is an interesting guy to speculate on. The ball striking has been very good as of late, and the short game has been pretty good as well. I will say this. I don't love Fitzpatrick, and, and maybe I'm looking into this a little bit too much. The approach game hasn't been amazing. And if you look at what he did here the last two years, he was 57th last year. The year before that, he actually, he actually had a T6, I believe. But he did all of that with the putter. I think he gained 10 strokes with the putter, and he actually he lost ball striking uh, in that tournament on his way to a T6 finish, which which is spectacularly just um, different, a different way to go about a top 10. So I think Fitzpatrick is a guy, I think his game is, is in good shape, but the approach game and what he's done here the last two years, I'm not super excited about it. Yeah, 10 strokes gained in 2020 at TPC Southwind, the best putting performance of Matt Fitzpatrick's career. Um, looking at this kind of from a game theory perspective, see, I'll bounce this right back to you here. I agree. I think Finau will be popular. I believe Zaltoris will be, though I hope he is not. Um, 
but you probably don't. Well, okay. Well, I'm just going to throw this to you. Would you start your lineup with those two and try to be a little bit different? Do you think people are going to take someone in the 10K, try to get both of these guys? Because then you get into a situation where you got to go pretty low down the board, I would imagine. Yeah, you do. But actually, you can I mean, you can make it work. I mean, especially if one of your 10K guys is one of the lower 10K guys, I can tell you, I started a lineup with um, just just to see how it would work out with Scotty and Rory. That lineup leaves you with four guys left. It leaves you with, I believe I'm going on memory here, like 7150, which isn't a lot. But there are guys if you want to play a stars and scrubs approach, there are guys who have flashed recently that we'll talk about when we get to the 6K range. You could go to a 6200 golfer, which I'm sure I'll be bringing up soon, or even 6800, whatever, and you can start to sort of grow your your average remaining salary. So that me saying that you can technically probably grab two 9K guys and a 10K guy, but you're really you're really starting. Um, kind of hamstrung there. I, I think it's fine to start in the 9K range, though, if that's what you're suggesting. For me, I think I'll probably start with the 10K guy, but I do want to go stars and scrubs this week. The other thing about this, Greg, is this field is not, it's not your standard field. These guys have all, in some form or another, earned their way into this, whether it's with season-long play or it is with like recent you got hot in the last couple of weeks and you snuck yourself in. Um, but the pricing still goes down to a min 6,000 and still more than half the field is going to make the cut. So I, I guess my argument would be that this of all weeks would be a week to go stars and, and scrubs a bit more because of the nature of the field, I, I believe. Yeah, your scrubs aren't quite as scrubby. <laughs> right. right. I mean, That's you don't have the past that. champion guys. You don't have. Yeah, there's a, a lot of guys who have earned their way in. And for one reason or another, whether they're a rookie or, or uh, you know, they have no record here or a poor record here. Um, a lot of these guys are still very playable options. And a lot of them have an attribute that has been very good lately that you can tap into. So look, I, I think um, when when you look at these types of groups, we typically see stars win, and I, and I think that's that's what we see in the playoffs. And maybe that's how they become stars, but I, I, that just seems to be what we see come playoff time. And so I am all for a, a stars and scrubs lineup because I, I also I think you can get some really high upside, you know, top ten potential guys down in the as low as sixty three hundred. Um, for for what I see, I mean, I, I think I think there's a potential there. Um, again, it's it's obviously much higher risk, um, and I'm not sure that I'd go with two 10k guys. But um, but getting a Rory McIlroy in there to me is a really important aspect of this because I, I think his likelihood of winning is um, pretty high. I kind of got a sidetrack there, but before we move on to the the eights, is there? Um... Any other comments about this 9K range that we we think we can't live without? Well, I'm very curious to see what we get out of Jordan Spieth. Mm. Uh, I, I do think that we've seen some improvements on the greens. My one worry is, can Jordan be the creative kind of scrambler here that he is at so many other venues, like, a, like Augusta National, for example? Um, can he play that style here? I, I don't know, but... I do like what I've seen for, out of him on the on the greens. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we haven't seen him in a while, like many of these other guys. But at at ninety one hundred, he feels like a pretty significant discount 
for a guy that is a really, really good iron player. Not as accurate as we'd like, but maybe he's not going to need quite as many drivers. A couple of top 12 finishes here. Um, so I, I, there's a lot to like about Jordan Spieth. And if he's contrarian at all, I, I think he's a really strong asset to a lineup. I think the main contrarian play here is probably going to be Victor Hovland. I think Jordan Spieth will be contrarian relative to Finau and Zalatoris, but I, I think Hovland is is the big time contrarian play. And it's not you, you can't just look at the nine K range because I think what's going to happen is people are going to take like Jordan Spieth or Zalatoris or Finau, maybe Fitzpatrick, but instead of taking Hovland, they might just drop down to Colin Morikawa at three hundred less. So I, I think he kind of gets squeezed out of that range a little bit. Uh, does Jordan Spieth hit enough fairways for you, Greg? No. No, um, that's the worry. But then again, Justin Thomas won here and was yeah. not hitting fairways, right? And so, uh, look, there, there's just there's been a precedent, and I think he has the ability. While he's not my ideal play, if people stay away from Jordan Spieth, I, I think he has enough of the assets where, um, where he can win, and he gives you win equity. And if Jordan Spieth's sitting up near the top of the leaderboard, he's certainly a star. But he's not really priced out in the stars and scrubs mm -hmm. aspect. And so I think I think that can be a, a really nice fit where again, there's there's risk and there's more than I'd like. And that's why I think he's priced where he is. But if you see his name on near the top of the leaderboard on Friday night, you're gonna be awfully happy you have him. because uh, because you'll know at that point that he can compete over the weekend with anybody with anybody on this list. Nobody wants to see Jordan Spieth uh, <laughs> up up there with them because you know he can go. So yeah. uh, I I'm, I'm I'm attracted to that hearing that he might be contrarian compared compared to Finau and Zalatoris because I think he has more win equity than those guys. Let's continue down the board here. The 8,000s, the 7s, and obviously the 6s uh, find some value. But first, we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. 8,000. Pretty tight. Pretty tight. Colin Morikawa, 87. Sam Burns is 86. Sung Im is 85. The bottom half. Matsuyama, 84. Shane Lowry, 83. And then we round it out with Billy Horschel, Joaquin Neiman, and Ju Hyung Kim, Tom Kim at 82, 81, and 8,000 respectively. See, so yeah, this is um, a range you alluded to a little bit with Colin Morikawa being here at 8,700 bucks. How do we start to assess the options here? 
Yeah, I like three guys a lot here, and it's right in the middle of the range. They're all right next to each other. It's Hideki Matsuyama, Shane Lowry, and Billy Horschel. Wow. Uh, I think a couple of these guys, if not all three, I mean, obviously, they're going to pick up some some ownership, but I think they're a little bit forgotten all for sort of different reasons. Billy, I'll start with Billy in the sense that, you know, he, he was kind of underwhelming last week. He was supposed to be, you know, he's supposed to be a top 20 guy, I think, in a lot of people's minds. Uh, but I think... Again, when it comes down to the FedEx Cup playoffs, he tends to step up. I'm not in love with the approach game. I do like how he can flash with the putter off the tee looks great. So so Billy's a guy that I think is going to be relatively contrarian that I like. But I really let, let me start with Hideki after that, because he's been really good here. If you want to look at course history and, and how they're doing it on the course, Hideki has been really crushing it. The last three years, he's actually lost with the putter here, but he's gained ball striking in very significant ways, including gaining, let's see, 13, over 13 tee to green last year on his way to a second place finish. So I love the history. I love how he's doing it with the ball striking, with the around the green game. He's losing with the putter, but that doesn't bother me too much because he's not losing big with the putter, and we know he can rebound the other way on that. So so Hideki's a guy I really like. And then finally, Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry is a, another guy that's kind of forgotten, a little out of sight, a little out of mind. But we know how prolific of a ball striker he was earlier this year. And at this price, I think it is a very, very reasonable uh, roster slot for you at 8,300. It's kind of amazing that he's 8,300, actually. Lowry hasn't lost strokes in the ball striking category since Summit Club. That was in October. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Unfortunately, he's also lost with the putter in five straight. So we fig- if we figure that out, if we figure that out, could go a long way for Shane Lowry. Uh, Greg, I must admit, those were not necessarily the three names I was expecting Sia to, to roll out with. What do, what do you have in the AK range? No, well, I will start with uh, Shane Lowry because he was the only guy uh, that you mentioned who was on my list as well. And I'm I'm rather fond of it. Um, I love what he's done with his ball striking. I was very high on him last week. He had a little issue with his golf clubs. Did that contribute to the fact that he lost seven strokes put in? Uh, probably not. I mean, he he <laughs> lost he lost five in a row before that. And I was expecting a bounce back on the greens. We didn't get that. We got the exact opposite. That's disappointing. But I don't want to let that bias creep back in and keep me away from a guy who does everything that I want this week. I want guys who are putting the ball in play. I want guys who are hitting it well, guys who play tough courses well. Shane Lowry checks all those boxes. And if the one thing that I'm waiting on is a putter to turn around and get hot, well, I'm I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to take that risk on Shane Lowry. I think the greens are flatter here than they are at Wyndham, which could go a long way, even though they're both Bermuda greens. Um, so I, I'm very fond of Shane Lowry. I think it's well worth the risk. Um, and we know where the risk is. It's with the putter. But I, I think I think betting on a turnaround on the greens is is a good play. For somebody who's not a terrible putter, he just he he just has been struggling of late. So anyway, he's, he's number one on my list. Um, I, I have a hard time... And I'm sure I won't be the only one here. Um, I'm hoping the two most recent missed cuts keep people out of here. But playing Colin Morikawa at 8,700 just seems like the right idea. Again, what are the things that we're prioritizing here? Accuracy off the tee and approach play. And from 30,000 feet, there's probably no one in the game better than Colin Morikawa at that. And you're getting him for $8,700. It's really hard to pass that up. And again, he's another one of those guys. If it's Friday night and he's sitting there inside the top 10, he's a star, not a scrub. 
I don't know if Shane Lowry fits that same category. You're happy to have him. You're happy to have anybody in the top 10. But when Morikawa is up there, when Spieth's up there, those are um, those are highly sought after guys. So I'm attracted to that. How about this, Greg? Uh, you like buying low because tomorrow, tomorrow is the two-year anniversary of the last time Colin Morikawa was cheaper than $8,700. Yeah. It's been two years. It was the 2020 PGA Championship, Greg. Do you remember how he finished that week? Yes. Yeah. With uh, Wanamaker in hand is how he finished it. Yep, not the lid, but he had the rest of the <laughs> just of the body of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so look, I I think that upside is always there with him. He's shown the ability where you know, some guys need to show you the breadcrumbs, like we talk about. Rick mm-hmm. Morikawa is not really one of those guys. When he gets a sniff of it, he can go get the job done. Um, and and I really like that aspect. And I still I like the ball striking. It hasn't been as great. The U.S. Open, he was fighting that draw. But now he's taken a little bit of time off since the Open Championship. And it's not going to take a long time for he and Rick Sessinghouse to get that thing figured out and dialed in. And this is a great opportunity to buy early. Because if if he wins this week, he could be the you know third highest priced player next week. For I mean, sure. he'd, go, he'd go right back to where he was. Um, cause yeah. he's that kind of talent. We talk about being early or being late. You, you want to be early on Colin Morikawa. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, su- if you're late on him, you're, you're spending the world on it. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, every week's a new week, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the chance and be early on Morikawa. Uh, the other thing here, Sia. uh, I don't mind Joaquin Neiman. If this is kind of firm and fast and I don't want to say Riviera like, but if it's firm and fast and he can find a putter, I'm interested. Tom Kim is $8,000 flat. Now, the entire yeah. world loves Tom Kim. Tom Kim was basically a community victory last week. They could have priced him at $10,000 and people would be playing him. 8000 bucks for a guy who boat raced uh, the field last week. What do you think? What do you think that brings in terms of popularity? It's a great question because this is such a different field, but it seems like such a value. The only, the only, thing you could really ding him for if you want to ding him for anything is how much he gained with the putter last week but again the ball striking was great too so it's it's hard to really make an argument that that like saved him per se i mean that putter is wow i mean that's yeah it's but, well for the record what, even if he only gained only seven and a half or, or eight and a half strokes putting he still would have won he won by five yes. shots yes <laughs> well the irony but here's the thing so it's funny how we we view this well what if he only gained four with the putter and he be he was t4 or he was third that would still be an amazing result, which would serve him being you know, popular this week, too. So no matter how you want to parse it, he should be popular at 8,000. And if you want to say, well, he's just played, you know, seven, I think this might be eight tournaments in a row. I'm not sure. Like, clearly that doesn't matter. Like, so that's not a thing. Not that we thought it was a thing last week either, but it's just kind of an interesting thing for somebody to be playing that many tournaments in a row. I, I like him too. I'll be honest. So I, I mentioned three guys. I think Juyong Kim is absolutely a great value play at 8,000. How popular is he going to be? Man, that's that's tough. I, I, I would imagine he would be in the top 10 in popularity, but closer to the 10 than the one. Seventh straight week for Tom Kim. Um, what do you think, Greg? Can he compete with the big boys? Can he can he rock it with these guys? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, he absolutely can. I'm just worried about the fatigue factor. Um, this is an emotional victory. Um, and, and again, it, it's just been a lot of golf in a row. And I think you're going to see a, you're going to see a downturn. You could pay up a little bit, pay another, an extra 500 bucks and you can get Sung JM, the guy who's coming off a of back to back tied second finishes, an extremely accurate ball striker. His best putting surface is Bermuda. Um, I just wonder, Sia, if you think Sung is going to soak up a lot of ownership. It, it's kind of interesting to me just looking at it using just what I would think people would do with Hideki sitting there and Horschel, who has a nice record here. I, I'm wondering if everybody's going to gravitate to Sung But if they don't, he's, I mean, even if they do, he might be a really viable option. Yeah, I don't think they're going to gravitate to him. I think he's going to have some ownership, but there's so many, like in every range, especially the 8, 9, and 10K range, there are so many good values. So, I mean, it, I think he's going to be kind of middle of the road popular, but there's so many other guys. Hideki might not get much, but Lowry should get some. Neiman might get some. Tom Kim might get some. Morikawa might get some. So I think Sungjae is sort of in that same range, which you know, they can't all be super popular. So... Yeah, I think Sungjae is a, is a fine play. Yeah, just so many guys. Um, be interested to see how that shakes out over the course of the next couple of days. $7,000 range. This is where we start to get to the big the big section of golfers. Uh, Max Homa, 79. Russell Henley, Terrell Hatton towards the top. The bottom of it at $7,000 flat. Adam Long, Brandon Steele, Emiliano Grillo, Gary Woodland, Jason Day. Um, all right, Greg, first crack at the 7K range. What are we looking for here? All right, so I'll list off a couple of names and then I'll get to some that I'm really interested in. But I think Henley and Hatton are attractive up near the top. I I, I think Davis Riley shook some rust off and you're going to see his true talent kind of show up again this week. But the two guys that I, I think really stand out to me are a little bit farther down. Um, and it would be Cam Davis and, uh, well, three. Cam Davis, Ches Reavy, Scott Stallings. Um, they're, they're kind of my favorite guys in this range. Um, now Cam Davis, longer hitter, you wouldn't expect him to be overly accurate, but he's had a lot of success on these shorter, trickier kind of golf courses this year. His recent form has been fantastic. Um, it, you're t- since the John Deere classic tied eighth, six tied 16th tied 14th at the rocket mortgage uh, he's gained strokes approaching the green in all of those uh, and he's only lost strokes approaching the green in one event since the arnold palmer invitational so I, I think the course fits even though his record here isn't anything to write home about he's only played here once um th- so i love that aspect i love the iron play uh and i'm i, I think the putting is fine as well so he really is somebody I'm very interested in. Um, Ches Reavy, this is kind of, I, I feel like Ches Reavy could be the guy at this, um, at the end of this tournament where the leaderboard is loaded with stars. And all of a sudden, Ches Reavy's there with a tied seventh. Um, and you're saying, where did this come from? It, it's the perfect kind of golf course for him. And he has a pretty good record here, too. I mean, he has three top 10 finishes, three top six finishes. Great record here. Yeah. And I think it rewards the accuracy, rewards solid ball striking. Uh, and and the thing that he's been missing lately, even though he won just two starts ago, is the putting. And again, going back to the um, Scotty Scheffler model, um, who there was another guy, 
the Shane Lowry model, right? All these these are guys that have been struggling on the greens recently. That I, I think you could see a, a turnaround here. So I, I'm very interested in him. And um, lastly, One, Scott real, Stallings. Real quick here, because yeah, Ches Reeve has the best TPC Southwind course history of anybody in this field. Uh, mm-hmm. 26 rounds, 1.53 strokes gained per round. Roy McElroy's wow. got 20 rounds. He's at 1.51. JT's got 12 rounds. He's at 1.37. It's Chez. Chez is that dude, right? Okay, so that that goes to what you're saying about how, how good he's been around this place. I think... I have him available in one and done. That might there be my go. first guy <laughs> I've gone go. through that's available. Um, so that's nice to hear. Love Chaz. And then Scott Stallings. Again, you're going to a much bigger kind of golf course, a uh, bigger tournament rather, not necessarily a bigger golf course, but this recent form is really hard to ignore. Uh, and and the way that he's done it is really hard to ignore with kind of a slightly above average putter, solid putting, but nothing spectacular. All he's done is rattle off four straight top 15 finishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he also has played well here, too. And he's no Ches Reeve, but he came and tied second back in 2013. In 18, he was tied 30th. Uh, he, he's done really, really nicely here. So I'm, I'm all for uh, a much improved generic PGA tour player like Scotty uh, Scott Stallings. I know he's, he's playing too well for us to continue this yeah. for much longer. Um, those, if you put everybody on their last 16 rounds, uh, Scott Stallings is like the seventh best player in this field. So he's been absolutely dialed. Okay. See ya. Um, Greg has picked through the seven K range. What, what do we have left here? Yeah. First of all, I agree on Revy. The finishing positions and then what he's doing each time in terms of where he's gaining strokes. I mean, he's he's a monster off the tee here, which kind of lends credence to the fact that you don't need to be super long. If you're accurate, you're going to be gaining on your opponents. But I think he's going to be really popular. I just want to point that out because he's going to make so many lineups fit. They're going to do stars and then they're going to go down to the 6K range and then boom, they're going to have 7,100 or 7,200 left. And Chez is definitely going to make sense. So I'm not saying not to play him. I actually like him. I'm definitely playing him. But consider the pivots in that range as well. I think that's going to be really important for your like bigger tournament type lineups. Uh, with that said, at the top, I, I'm not really in love with anybody up here. I think Seamus Power and Terrell Hatton are interesting. I think Hatton is starting to find his game over the last two tournaments. I've noticed he's hitting a lot more fairways. His approach game is on. His off-the-tee game is you know, average. But I am seeing, seeing a trend in a positive direction. When it's a trend coming from a caliber of player like Terrell Hatton, that gives me a lot of confidence, as opposed to a guy who's maybe new on tour, and I'm not really sure what his game is. So Hatton's interesting if he's sort of lower owned. I would say the same with Seamus Power. It's the bottom of the range, just like Greg, that I like. I'll, I'll just I'll rattle off four or five guys, and then I'll, I'll talk about some of them. First of all, Shez Reeve was one of them. Uh, Chris Kirk at 7,400. I think he is kind of part of that Shez Reeve mold, or at least that short, accurate hitter who can get hot with the putter mold. So I do like Chris Kirk. Uh, JT Poston and Brandon Steele towards this bottom of the range too. Uh, Poston has been really good. Ball striking, putting, yeah. he has just been really good. And this might actually be the course for him. Uh, let's see. His history is not bad, actually. A 30th in 2020, and then you go back to 2018, it's a, it's an 18th. But the only other guy I want to mention is Scott Stallings, which Greg already talked about. You, you can't argue with the ball striking. He is This this doesn't seem like a fleeting thing for him. It, it seems like he is in a zone, and at the price he's at, he's certainly a, a tremendous value. So, see, as far as 
the because Ches Revy and Scott Stallings, same price. Mm-hmm. If do you think the general public is going to go more towards Ches Revy because of the course history, or more towards Scott Stallings because of the recent form, or do you yeah, think, think it'll split? I think it'll be close, but I think it'll be Ches Revy. It's impossible to deny his course history here, and his recent form is is not terrible either. So I mean, I, I don't know. I guess it'll probably be the same. And I think they're both fine plays. I think if you're looking at that range, I think your Cameron Davis play is a really good contrarian play because people aren't going to go there. I think Brian Harmon might be a good play from a contrarian standpoint, although he tends to pick up some ownership. Adam Long is interesting there. Brandon Steele likely picks up ownership. Emiliano Grillo, if you want to go there, those are some maybe slightly contrarian plays. Then, of course, you get to the 6K range after that. I didn't realize how... uh good these Grillo results have been since he had that like massive slump where he missed six out of seven cuts, seven out of eight cuts. If you include the Zurich, uh, much better back on track, couple of runner up finishes at the John Deere and the three M it's a lot better than I, than I was expecting there. I'll point out another. Yeah. He seems to be kind of getting his groove back though, especially with the ball striking from a couple of years back. Uh, Alex Norn, I think would be another interesting contrarian play because he's definitely been out of sight, out of mind. He hasn't played in, in a little while and he has good history here as well. And decent recent results. He, uh, if you just, if you just filter by like straight playoff events, he's been very, when he gets into the playoffs, he's very good in the playoffs. He's a, he's a playoff player. He, you know, turns it on at the right time of the year, but much smaller sample size than a lot of the other guys. Okay, Greg, the value options, the Mm. 6,900 crew, that's Kisner, Herbert, Leishman, Hubbard, Kucher, Clark, Wyndham, and the min-priced golfers, Max McGreevy, I believe he was min-priced last week, 6,000, played his way in, finished fifth, Nick Watney, Robert Streb, Ryan Bram, Sam Ryder, and Chad Ramey. What do we like in the $6,000 range? I like, let's see. I have a lot of names written down. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one, I'll start here at 6,800. Um, Cause there are some guys that I really like. There are some guys that have my interest. Um, I like Brendan Todd for one. Um, and Brendan Todd, again, extremely accurate. I do not expect him to soak up a lot of ownership. He's accumulated a number of top 15 finishes here. Three, he's missed some cuts in the other ones, but this seems like the kind of golf course that's going to ask for accuracy. Um, and, and it always has, it, 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 it plays into some of his advantages. Let me say it this way. His style can work here. Um, and he's a, one of the best putters on the PGA Tour, I believe second for the year. Um, also, he's coming on course record tonight uh, in just oh, about 40 minutes. You're going to yep. give him the course record bump. That's nice yep. of you. Yep. Um, but I liked him beforehand. I mean, he, he made he makes sense even before that. He's He shot 67 after a really re- – he shot 30 on his last nine at the Wyndham last right. week. So I, I think that probably gave him a little boost of confidence. So I really, I really like him. Um now, one of my favorite players of the year, kind of a go-to um, 6K guy earlier in the year was Tom Hoagie. And then he kind of lost the pricing. And last week, he, after missing a million cuts in a row at the 3M Open... That's amazing. <laughs> he all of a sudden gains 10 strokes approaching the green. Normally, I would look at this and say, okay, he's not going to do that again. But this is Tom Hoagie we're talking about. He's a great iron player. That's his best attribute. 
Right. And he gained in the two events before that. So that's why I love the guy. That's why he's a go-to 6K guy. So it's hard. I don't expect him to gain 10 strokes approaching the green again this week. But it, he's clearly been found something in his golf swing that he lost for about a month before that. So he found something in the golf swing. Um, I think he's a little bit more mature than some of these guys where the playoffs aren't going to scare him. The, you know, this isn't something that's brand new. And I, I think he's a player who can really make a run and contend in a playoff event. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and, and, you know, a, a tied fourth gaining half a stroke on the greens is a really encouraging sign to me. Um, so I feel like Tom Hoagie, kind of like the Grillo thing Sia was talking about earlier, he kind of, I think it's a really short sign, but I think he's found what makes Tom Hoagie Tom Hoagie. So I really like him as well. Uh, Taylor Moore coming off of uh, two back-to-back six-place finishes. He's got four top 25s in his last five starts. Um, a lot of guys down here, Sia, who like got hot last week or finished well last week that I think might be popular again, at least all relatively speaking, but what do you see in the $6,000 range? Yeah. First of all, this sort of lends itself. When you look at these names, even if you go lower, like these are pretty good names. As we said at the top, these guys earn their way into the top 125. So it really lends itself to a stars and scrubs approach, which I'm definitely going to subscribe to this week. But I just want to point it, point it out that everybody's going to be in love with some guys in this range, either the low 7k range or the low 6k, mid 6k, whatever it is. So I suppose especially in maybe some of the small, like I shouldn't say small, in any of the tournaments, a different roster construction might be in play here. Maybe a more balanced build could be different. Again, I'm still going to have more stars and scrubs lineups, but maybe you want to have some balanced lineups too, because those might be different than the field. But yeah, I like uh, Troy Merritt and Aaron Rye are guys that really jump out to me. Rye 6,800, Troy Merritt 6,700. They check a lot of boxes for me, including keeping it in the fairway good history here and good recent form. So both of those guys, uh, the ball striking is pretty amazing. Now the putter for Troy Merritt hasn't been good, or at least hasn't been good for the last two, but he's pretty much been an even putter over the last, I don't know, two to three months. So those are two guys that pop out to me in the high 6K range. If we go to the low 6K range, let's start with the middle. Stuart Sink has good history here too, and he's playing really well. So I think Sink at 6,600 makes sense. Once we go down a little bit further, a couple of kind of long bombs that I think are really good course fits here are Tyler Duncan at 6,300 and James Hahn at 6,200. Those guys, uh, Hahn in particular, has been playing very well. And then finally, Max McGreevy at, at a flat 6K again. Uh, he showed me something last week. I think he showed some. I mean, I, I think he was on some people's radars last week. Certainly wasn't on mine. But I think if you have to dip that low, which you may not have to, I think McGreevy is fine. It, it, it's honestly a really good range. You know, Hayden yeah. Buckley, who's been a ball striking machine, who had a wrist injury on Saturday morning after he made the cut last week, which I think might've just been that he left town and uh, wasn't flying private back. I don't have any information on that, but he seems to be all right. Greg, do we know anything about that? Have we, have we talked no. to Buckley or anything? No, but he is the guy with top 10 upside at 6,300. I mentioned at the top of the yeah. show. I so, think it's uh, go ahead, Greg. No, what do you, what were you going to say? I, I was going to say, any- I, I think it's the same wrist injury that Hideki had a couple of weeks ago. Okay. All right. Well, that makes me feel a lot better. Oh, crap. I'm definitely out of this. I'm going to get some more sleep wrist injury. Yeah, that's the one. 
And that's kind of what it seemed like to me. Now, he lost for the first time approaching the green since the Charles Schwab Challenge, which was in May. So this has been um, a very, very good stretch of ball striking for him. Now, if there really is a wrist injury, that could be a, a risk. Sure. But again, he's at 6,300. So there's going to be, I'm okay with assuming a little bit of risk here. Um, and I, I don't know if he'll tee it up if if he really can. well that's probably not true it, this is the playoffs I think he needs to make a little bit of a move in order to advance so I I would assume that he's gonna he's gonna go no matter what um but I like what he did with the putt in I liked him last week I didn't like that he WD'd last week but I think I think he's very fair to come back to now there there are two other players in the 6400 range who I also think have top 10 upside it's not Ricky Fowler. Um, one would be Lee Hodges, who kind of let me down a little bit last week. I thought he was going to play a little better. Um, but but he played great golf at the Rocket Mortgage Classic and had a really bad Saturday round. Um, and he came back last week and it wasn't necessarily great. I just I think he has the potential to hit it a lot better than he did the last two weeks. So I, I really like that. And the last guy who I think could be really kind of forgotten here is Kurt Kitayama, who's been playing phenomenal golf. Um, I mean, second at the Scottish Open. He had a second in Mexico. He um, has really been playing some some really good golf. And the approach play this year, he has popped um, many times. And of late, it's been pretty good. So I, I'm very fond of a, of a Kurt Kitayama, too. Yeah, the other one I'll throw out again. I think this is a very good range. Steven Yeager, um, who had like the round of the day on Sunday at Wyndham, T13. He finished fifth at the Rocket Mortgage. He's got a couple of top 30s in his last six. He's he's hitting the ball much, much better. Uh, I, I don't mind getting access to Steven Yeager either. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys a question about that because there's a couple. There's the McGreevy, there's the Yeager, um, and there was somebody else in here who was kind of in a similar category. I can't think of who it is, but anyway, the, the theme is these guys who they, they put so much energy forth to get to the playoffs. Mm. Do you worry at all that they get here? And there's a little bit of an exhale. So I'm, I'm good for next year. Mm -hmm. This is crazy. I can, I can calm down now. Or, or do you think, uh, you think they just keep right on rolling? I vote the latter. Yeah. Okay, I do. I do too. I just think. I just think. Worst case scenario, they say, "Wow, I'm in. Let me see if I can." Like now, it's all extra credit. Now it's all gravy. Let me see if I can go out and make a run and like at. at it's three more weeks if you get hot, right? I I think they can stay focused and try to try to get after it. But who knows? That's and maybe yeah. there's something to be said for just playing a little bit looser. Now you don't have the the stress or, you know, maybe, maybe the stress is kind of holding you back. But once you're in the top 125, you're just going to play your game and just, you know, dial in. I don't, I don't know. I think it might affect them positively, potentially. Uh, well, in that case, uh, Stephen Yeager's uh, and Anna Max McGreevy look pretty good. Yeah, I think they're uh, Yeager, was, I think, is 99th if I, last time I checked. 97th. So he's got, a you know move up 27 spots. Let's go see what you can do. And then McGreevy, yeah, do that. as we know, uh, now 113. 
Um, Joseph Bosa in the chat at uh, 626 producer Troy says, will DFS be changed if the three live players, Gooch, Jones, Swafford, get in? So I guess we're under the impression that if those guys do get in, this field will be expanded to 128. And then I guess it would be up to DraftKings, Sia, to add them to the field. Uh, and if they choose to do that, they will be available. Yeah, I, I think DraftKings would definitely throw them in the field if, if they get to play. I think it's interesting that, that we don't know the answer to that question yet. Um, I don't know when that hearing, I don't know when the court is is planning on hearing what, what I assume is an emergency injunction that has already been filed. So um, I probably yeah. should know the answer to that question, but I would imagine. I think we're going to know tomorrow, one o'clock okay. Pacific time. Gotcha. So oh, four o'clock that's, Eastern. That's rare that, it's rare that we get a mention of Pacific time. Yes. Thank you. Well, they're in San Francisco, the uh, the courts in San Fran. So, yeah, that's going to be a very interesting thing to follow. Oh, if I if I may, speaking of the court case tomorrow, um, tonight on course record as well, along with Brendan Todd, um, Trey Gowdy is coming on the show. Who is a, um, a he's a former con- federal oh for congressman yeah, okay. um, former federal and um, and state prosecutor as well. He's not an antitrust expert, but a very educated attorney um, and many different levels who is a huge golf fan. And um, and and he'll give you some, you know, maybe clear up some of these difficult terms that we deal with in in these court cases. So you might want to check that out as well. Did you ever think you'd get on the same show, Greg, a golfer active in the playoffs and also a former congressman to come on and talk about a lawsuit? Is that that's no right now? No, I didn't think injunction would um, <laughs> would come into play. Uh, usually, the courts that you know these kind of phrases I never expected to cover, and I wish I didn't have to. Um, but it's look, I, I think he does a really nice job of, or I, I think he can kind of sort through some of the legal jargon that's really hard to understand and give us a real good idea of what is what some of the key elements are going to be in this case. Um, and well, I see it can do much of the same as well as we know, but what, what do we call it? Evergreen. We, we do have some, is that what it's called? Is that that term? Am I getting oh, that right? Last, like show that lasts yes, forever. Cause yeah. we have a first cut show from what was it last Wednesday? I believe that uh, is still stands the test of time that you can listen to. As <laughs> it'll, well. ex- it'll probably expire tomorrow at 4 PM Eastern time when all that new information <laughs> comes out. So it's got about Watch it's, it before then. Yeah, it's got about 21 more hours. Go watch that video. Um, the other thing is I would actually if, – if it does come out that those guys are allowed to play and the PGA Tour officially adds them to the field, which would probably happen maybe Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, I would actually be surprised if DraftKings added them to the field that late. I don't know if they would. They usually, I mean, they usually do like the Tuesday morning ad for the Monday qualifiers. I don't know if they'll – I don't know how late they'll go. Hmm. That's fascinating. Um, it'll be definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, you know that it's going to have, look, whatever whatever you think about it um, politically, legally, whatever your opinions are on that, it's going to have an effect on the DraftKings pool. So my one piece of advice, I was listening to a show talking about fantasy football last weekend. I, I was in the car and they were talking about biases 
And these things are so true in golf too. And live golf is a perfect example of that. You get into a major championship and you don't like Dustin Johnson because he's a live guy. That doesn't necessarily mean if you, if you really care about your results, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a bad play. And so uh, avoiding a bias like that could be something important to look at, but I'm not saying play them or don't just look at it. I get it a dozen times a week. I'm never playing this guy again after that miscut. It's like, well, you should reconsider that because he's <laughs> yeah. a very, very good player. You should consider. Yeah. Um, all right, before we get out of here, uh, we have got some excellent narrative lineups from what I saw. And then we've got a very, oh, thank you very much, producer. Troy. Hold on, let me make my screen a little bit bigger here. All right, so our first one uh, from Halifax Hugh has gone with a FedEx and shipping narrative. See, that was probably quite popular this week, right? Like the the whole FedEx side of things. It was, but there was a lot of creativity this week. We got the most strokes gain narrative lineups this week uh, by far versus any other week, by the way. All right. So Halifax Hugh has gone FedEx slash shipping. He says, Jason, same day shipping, which by the way, Jason Day was playing great before he withdrew last week. Mm -hmm. Yes. So hopefully he's feeling good. Because I'd love to play him again. <laughs> JT Postal Service. That's such a good one. Uh, CT Pan Am Freight. Sam Cargo Insurance Rider. Adam <laughs> Long Haul Transport. And Tommy Express Fleetwood. That's very good. Tommy Fleetwood. Very Tommy. good. Uh, very, very good. Wait, is Fleetwood in the field? He's not in the field. Nah, he was true. All right. Well, didn't he didn't he say before the playoffs, Greg? He's like, I'm I'm oh yeah, he's spending time with his yeah. family. Right. Yeah. Shout out to the song. Chris K at benched captain says in honor of Tennessee whiskey, here's my liquor lineup. Sam. Oh my God. That burns Aaron Rye whiskey here. Take a sep Straka scotch stallings, <laughs> Jack Daniel burger, John Rom and Coke. Those are love it. Very good. Solid. All Very solid. Ryan at Fantasy Bunker says, uh, oh boy, I don't know if I can do this one. Low-hanging fruit, but I had to stick with the Hey Jude theme as well. So these are Beatles songs. I will admit, I have no idea what any of these are. So I'll just read them. Ticket to Rye. What, what is this? Malnati Oblada. I don't know what that uh, is. Malnati Oblada. It's okay. uh, you, uh, you know the song. <laughs> it's pretty good. That one's actually really, really good. I'll, I'll send you that song, Rick. I don't listen to the Beatles either, but I do. I know some of these. Penny Can't Lane. That would be Can't Lie. Uh, she loves Ju Hyung. Here comes the sunburns. All you need is Glover. I'm sure those are great. Yeah, I don't get that. I'm sure they're great. <laughs> Let's get the next slide. Uh, the GOAT, John Markowski, says, uh, thanks to you three for letting us play along. Oh, oh, okay. Wow. Wow. So these are – these are these involve us as well. So this says Maverick Run Good McNeely. How about that? Uh, Seamus Jock Market Power Hour. Wow. Adam Hadwin Daily Sports with Sia Dijon. Uh, Brandon, a woo breed of golf with the real GFD. Greg, that's beautiful. I think, come on. Yeah, let's go. It's fantastic. 
HV Brandon Awubri to golf. You can't. I mean, it's it's so clever. It's so good. HV three hundred yards to unknown. That's my podcast. And Adam first Scott podcast. <laughs> Come on. I saw this one earlier in the day. I said he's Excellent. he's done it again. He's done it again. Long live the king. <laughs> God, this is another one that I just don't. The king from Memphis, by the way. Uh, in honor of Memphis from Oracle. I don't get any of these. John J. walking on Beale Street spawn. JJ walking on Beale Street spawn. Sorry, that's my bad. Daniel Barbecue Burger. Okay, I'm on. I'm back on board. KH yep. Grizzly. Memphis yep. Grizzlies. Max Homa the Blues. Home of the Blues. Okay, I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> um, Adam Long Live Elvis the King and Rick to be the man. You got to beat the man Flair Fowler. I don't get that. One. Okay, I don't get the last one, but I get a <laughs> few of them. I like that. Rick Flair. So I think he authored the the statement to be the man. You got to beat the man. So Ricky Rick Flair, Fowler. the wrestler. I believe so. Oh, okay. What's the Memphis tie with him? I, I'm assuming he's from Memphis, but I don't know that. I'm just assuming from Oracle's uh, tweet here that he's from Memphis. Okay. Now we have um, we've seen this once before. Where someone, and in this case, it's David B. Lesky, by Lesky. Mm-hmm. Sorry, David. Uh, actually writes out lyrics. Uh, last time was Rocket Man, but it was Austin Smotherman, who then became very important in the world of golf about <laughs> 24 hours later. And David has opted uh, to continue to go down the Hey Jude path. And, uh, in a encore presentation, Sia's wife Gigi has uh, has been able to just make this come to life. So, producer Troy, I think we have this. Let's let's hit it. Don't take again. Take a sense. That one, you, you kind of have to read the lyrics first because it, it uh, just lyrically, it does it. It's not formatted like Rocket Man was. But when you read the lyrics, uh, it actually really kind of hits. So the, yes, David was actually, the, David Bolesky was the author of the last, the Rocket Man one as well. Okay. So he's got a little thing going with my okay. wife. I don't know. I, I'm not reading into it. You're, but. Just, you're just the middleman in all this. <laughs> I'm just the middleman. Great songwriter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, when does the album come out? But David can write the songs. Gigi can perform them. We'll have an album here shortly, probably by the end of the you know end of the fall swing. All you producers, I am I am here to talk business. <laughs> yeah, there was a Keegan Bradley reference in there. Adam Svensson, uh, Stuart Sink, Kevin Tway, Adam Hadwin, Doug Gim. Is I believe I've gotten them all there. Yeah, That's six. How about that? How about that? 
All right. So now which one of these guys is going to uh, determine the cut line this week? Like Austin Swatherman did. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be Stuart sink. <laughs> Stuart sink. Very good. Okay, he was in both songs, by the way, he was in the oh, rocket man. That's song. the seven right. degrees of Stuart sink. Okay, gents. Um, fun as always. We'll be back with a mega preview pod Tuesday. Get your fan votes in right now. Link is in the description for the one and done round by round recaps this week. Uh, producer Troy does all that hard work behind the scenes. Sia Najad available on Twitter at Sia Najad. Greg Ducharme available at The Real GFD. And Greg, what time and where can uh, we watch course record tonight? 20 minutes uh, at so 7 Eastern Thank you. CBS Sports Network. Not yeah, everyone we get watches a, live, Greg. We, you can't say 20 minutes. You got to tell us a time. Yeah, <laughs> 20 minutes. You're right. You're right. 7 Eastern. And I, it re-airs, I believe, on Tuesday morning at 11, uh, 11 or 11.30. You know One what you those say? We say, uh, check your local listings, which means... Yeah. It's up to you to figure it out, but that's that's what I'm <laughs> going to air. Uh, at the real GFD, you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.